We're going to talk about being born again for the third week in a row now. Um, and I'm really pumped about this week. I'm pumped about every week, but I'm really pumped about this week too. Um, I'm even going to have a cool whiteboard that we're going to do something on in a second. Um, so that'll be fun. But before we get to that, let's recap, shall we? Say yes. Awesome. Who said no? That's, that's not good. I saw like five hands go up. Okay. You, you're going down. Um, okay, so let's recap really fast. Guys, can y'all throw the notes up for me? Uh, the very first week of this, okay, we just hit off very beginning, what is it to be born again? Um, and we were able to kind of narrow it down to, to one thing, and this is kind of what it was. And I might not get it word for word, what's in your notes and what's going to pop up on the screen, but it's something like this, okay? Um, we are getting born into God's family. When we're born again, we're born into God's family. And to do that, you just have to repent, which is saying, I'm done with all this sin, all this garbage, all this stuff I was living for when I was living for myself. I'm done with that stuff. Accept Christ, accept Jesus, who he is, the fact that you need him, that he's God's son, he's your savior. And then at that point, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. God's spirit actually comes inside of you. And so that is being born again. That was the first week. That was kind of what we talked about. Last week, we talked about the whole idea of grace. That there's nothing any of you, any of, any of me, what? There's one of me. Um, there's nothing I or the leaders could have done to earn that whole gift of being born again. To have salvation, to have Jesus. None of us deserve Jesus. But because of grace and because God loves us, we get him anyway. And that's what we talked about last week. How Jesus has saved us in spite of the fact that we didn't deserve it. Now this week we're going to take it a little bit further. And this is almost a byproduct of being born again. And it's almost like a warning of not going to another direction or going somewhere else other than where God's called you to be. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Peter, which is towards the end, chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't, then fret not, because I'm going to read it to you. Um, And I think just for the sake of easiness, I'm going to read it off the screen. Now... Here is what it says in the very beginning of verse 14, chapter 1 of 1 Peter, okay? It says this, As obedient children, which would be us, this is, uh, Peter is talking to us here. We're the people who have just been born again, so we are now kind of like little children, again. Um, But spiritually, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So before you became alive again, before you got born again, when you lived for yourself, that's what he's talking about. Um... But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. You with me so far? Give me the head nod and say, yes, bro. Yes. Hi. Which is Japanese for yes. Um, Verse 17 says, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here... Foreigners would be like somebody who doesn't belong here. Um, in reverent fear. Now remember we talked about in the first week that when we're born again, we are now God's child. He is our heavenly father. We get to know him now. We get to enjoy him now because of Jesus. So when he's talking about father, that's, that's God. That's our father now. If we've been born again, if we've accepted Christ, he's our daddy. So if I say, who's your daddy? You say, God. You with me? So, 
since our Father is in heaven and he, and he judges everybody impartially, he sees everything that's good, everything that's bad, doesn't matter who you are, if you're the president or if you're me, he sees that. And because he's holy and he's calling you to be holy, he says, live like a foreigner. Now, I want to draw this out for just a second. Um, there's a lot of us who will live for one thing when we say we live for another thing. Now, imagine there's, these are two different places here, okay? This is a line dividing two different places. Up here, we have this place where God is. We'll call it heaven. Then, you have this place down here where we live right now called earth. Right? I didn't know I wrote so good, did you? (laughs) So, we have heaven, we have earth. Now, the verse here is saying, okay, we all live physically, we all live in this area here. We're in the earth area. I mean, are we on earth right now? No? (laughs) Who's not on earth right now? Okay, you're not on earth, you're not on earth. Y'all are wackos. I need to get you some medication. Because you're on earth right now. So, what? Scoot it back? How's that? Is that better? Is that better? Okay, that's better. There you go. Now, we all live here, okay? Physically, we all live here. Now, once we're born again, we are now born into God's kingdom, God's family, and God lives where? God lives here. So I'm going to write God here just so we stay clear. God is here. Now we are born into this. So spiritually we are here. Physically we're here. Got me? Now here's what happens. Sometimes some of us will forget, hey, we've been born into this. We're living for this. We are living for God now. This is the big cheese. This is our daddy. This is our father. We forget that. And we start thinking, no, this is really home. And this is just, you know, maybe one day I'll get to experience this. But this, this is what I'm living for now. And this is what we lived for when we were dead. Before we were born again, this, that earth here. All the stuff here, all the good stuff we like. Money, cars, um, you know, food that you really like. Um, from expensive restaurants, really cool clothes, video games, all that stuff. That's all here. None of that stuff lasts forever, right? They don't. None of that stuff lasts forever. Money doesn't last forever. Cars don't last forever. Video games don't last forever. Clothes don't last forever. None of that lasts forever. And you can't take any of that where? Here. You can't take it here. So that stuff can't go here. Because it's not eternal. It doesn't really matter at the end of your life. That stuff doesn't really matter. But we get tricked into thinking that all the good stuff, all the great stuff that we want to live for is here. Earth, that's the awesome stuff. And we start thinking that this is the big deal. And we start going back to our old ways. And we start going back to the way that we lived before we knew who God was. Before Jesus. And we just live for here. For the here, the now, for earth. For our temporary home that God has put us on for right now. And so as we talk tonight, remember this. 
God's calling us to live as a foreigner here, not like this is our permanent home, not like this is the place we're going to be forever, but that we're going here. This is where we're going to be forever. This is who we're living for, God. This is where we're going to spend eternity, and this is what matters. And when we were born again, this is what we were born again into. Do you realize that the Bible describes heaven as a place that has no more pain, has no more fear, has no more tears, there's no more sickness. All the stuff that causes, you know, that, that sick, like, stressy feeling in your stomach, that stuff's gone because you're not worried about that stuff anymore. That, that worry of, I wonder how I'm going to die, I'm so scared of dying. You don't worry about that in heaven because there's no more death. If you're ever worried about, I hope I don't ever get cancer one day, cancer is not in heaven. You don't have to worry about it. So all that is here. But somehow we get tricked into thinking, this is it. Where there is fear, where there is death. And we start living like the old person that we used to be. Y'all with me? All right. So, where's my remote? Here it is. Um, So, to fill in your notes... Going to the next point. How many of you are like note filler enters? Like you're just dying to know what the next thing is in the notes. Note filler enters is not a real word, by the way. Um, Here it is. Once you're a part of God's family, okay? Once you're living for this, once you've been born again, once you know who God is, you've accepted Jesus. Um, You don't live like you used to. Y'all get that? You're different. You're a new person. You're not the same person. You don't live like you used to. You become holy. You are made holy, like God is, like Jesus is. That's not saying you are God or you are Jesus. But you are now made holy, meaning you're set apart. You're set aside. This is, you are now God's child. You're not just some normal person who is dead. Spiritually, they're dead. They're, they don't know who God is. You are now alive. You have the Spirit of God in you. You're set apart. You're holy. Go with me? Now, let's keep reading what it says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. These are the next few verses. It says this, For you know that it was not with perishable, say perishable, perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. Do you all remember what we talked about last week? The dude named Adam and Eve. She wasn't a dude. She was a a girl. So Adam was the dude. Eve was the girl. Um, And they handed down to us sin. And they handed down to us this death. Well, that's what the verse is talking about. The ancestors, those are Adam and Eve. Those are everybody that came before us. They handed us down this messed up way of living, which says everything is here on earth. Let's live for earth. Let's live for what we want to do here now and, and just the stuff we want. So that's what was handed down to us. But he's saying, no, no, no. Remember, you weren't bought by that kind of stuff. The stuff that doesn't last, like gold and silver. The stuff like video games. The stuff like t-shirts and, and cool jeans. That stuff doesn't last. You weren't, you, you weren't brought into heaven because of that. So remember that. But it was this that, that did that. Verse 19. But you, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was re- revealed In the last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are in God. So again, it wasn't all that stuff that's on earth. It's not all this stuff. 
It was who and only who? Jesus. Jesus is the only way that we get to heaven. He is the only way that we get born again. He's the only way we know who God is. That's it. John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said. No one gets to the Father except through me. So that's the only way to get to, to God is through Jesus. So if you were wanting to like liken this to a present-day situation or something, if you were somehow tricked and, and you somehow have tricked yourself into thinking, you know, this, this is where everything's at. You know, this, maybe if I do a few good things, you know, live for God every once in a while, but I still go for all the other stuff that I really want to do, you know, like have a really hot girlfriend or, you know, marry a really hot woman or, or get a really studly dude, um, you know, or get a really awesome car or a huge house. If I trick myself into thinking that stuff is really, you know, what I'm living for um, and forget that it's Jesus that is really who I should be living for and, and is the one who allows me to know God, it would sort of be like this, okay? Imagine you're you. And you walk up to the, like, head of the FBI headquarters in Washington. No, it's not in Washington. Is it in Washington? Yes, it is in Washington. It's CIA that's not there. Um, so you walk up to the, the, very, the, the big base of the FBI, right? And you're you. You're, you're just middle school, 7th, 6th, 8th grader, whatever. Um, and you walk up and you're like, Hi, I'm here to see the director of the FBI. And you tell us to the security guard, and there's like 15 of them standing in front of the building. And you're like, yeah, I'd like to, ju- I, have an, I have an appointment. And I'm like, uh, you got any kind of badge? You got any kind of identification? And you whip out, you know, your school ID. You know? What? East Paulding Middle. Yes! Let me in. Let me in. I didn't pick that one because of any reason. I just said one. So, you flash that. Do you think your school ID is going to get you into the FBI building? I'm going to break some hearts right now. It's not going to get you into the building, okay? And then this is what they'll say. They'll say, okay, that's, that's a really goofy picture you have of yourself, first off, in that ID picture. But secondly, that's not going to get you in here. You need an official FBI badge to get in here. You've got to be like an FBI agent or... We have to get some kind of verbal confirmation from the director of the FBI or the president of the United States to let you into this building. And so you decide, you know, okay, I'm going to have to flex on this guy. <clears throat> and I don't mean muscles. I mean, I'm going to have to whip out some mucho dinero. And so you take out your wallet and you slap a five in his hand. And you say, so you think you let me in now? Do you think the $5 is going to get you in the building? I'm going to break more hearts. It's not going to get you in the building. $5 in your school ID is going to get you nowhere into the FBI headquarters. You could drop a $1,000 bill on this guy, and he's probably still not going to let you into the building because there's three guys next to him that will shoot him if he did that. So the only way you're going to get into this FBI building is through the FBI director, or you have a badge because you are a member of the FBI. You with me? So, it's kind of like if you tried to get into heaven, and you said, you know, you know the whole picture of the pearly gates, you know, and the saint is there, and he's like, why shalt we let you into heaven? That's how they talk in heaven. They don't really, I don't know how they talk, but they ask you, why, do, why should we let you into heaven? And you, and you just pull your leg up and you're like, see these? 
These are diesel jeans. Let me in. They will laugh at you. Because diesel jeans won't get you into heaven. If you looked at them and said, dude, dude, listen. I totally paid for my friend's lunch at school one day. And didn't even ask for anything in return. Not even anything. I didn't even ask for their piece of pizza or their dessert. Nothing. I just gave them the food and the money and that was it. Again, they're going to laugh at you. Because that's not going to get you into heaven. You could say, dude, dude, dude. Okay, the diesel jeans, the buying the lunch, it's not going to be, I understand, I understand. But check this out. I haven't said a cuss word in at least two hours. At least two hours. He'll probably throw something at you at this point, like, get out of here. But that's not going to get at you in either. The only way is to be born again. And the only way to be born again is through who? Jesus. Jesus. The only way. Okay? So if anybody was unclear about that before tonight, I hope it's cleared up. Nothing is going to get you to the things that matter, to the God who created you, the God of love, mercy, grace. Nothing's going to get you to him except for Jesus. And so anything else we try to live for here on earth doesn't last, and it's not going to matter for eternity, and it's not going to help us in our relationship with God. So if we're born again and we're living here, we're confused. If we're born again and we're living here, that makes sense. If we don't know who Jesus is and we're living here, then that makes sense too, because we don't know anything about God. So, born again, living for here. Not born again, living for here. With me? Let's keep reading. Last few verses of this chapter says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, you realize you're living for heaven, you're living for God, you're not living for here. Once you've done that, so that you have sincere love for each other, Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again. There's that phrase, born again. You've been born again. You're not the same person. You know the truth now. You know that you need Jesus. You know that there's a God that loves you. You know that stuff now. So you can't keep living the same way you used to. You're living differently. You've been born again. And you were not born of perishable seed, but imperishable. Stuff that lasts forever. You were born... From Jesus. Jesus made it possible for you to be born again. That doesn't fade. Through the living and enduring word of God. You found out about this through God's word. God allowed you to know this stuff. So. Here's the deal. Since you know the truth. If you're in here and you've been born again. You've accepted Christ at some point. You've accepted Jesus at some point. You are now alive, okay? Spiritually, you have God's spirit inside of you. You are now alive. You know who God is. But you have to stop living like you did when you were dead. You're different now. If I was to get married, which I have. I get married to my wife. Her name is April. Smoking hot absolutely beautiful. If I continue to live like I was single when I was married, that would cause issues, right? If I was married to April, which I am, and I walk into a restaurant and April's not with me, or let's just say she is. That would make it funnier, actually. She's with me, okay? We walk into a table in Chili's because I love their chips and salsa. 
I walk, yes, come on. So I walk up to my table, I sit down, the waitress looks at us, asks what we want, and I say, I'll have some chips and salsa and your phone number. Now, if I did that, why are you clapping? I'm hoping that's the chips and salsa that you're clapping for. Okay. Um, If I did that and my wife was there, I guarantee you I'm coming out of there with a black eye because she's going to knock me out because I am no longer living like I'm married to her. I'm living like I'm single, like I used to be. Not that I would ask for Chili's waitress's numbers. Maybe. No. Um, So if I'm married, I'm living a different way now than I was when I was single. And if I live like I'm single when I'm married, big issues happen. And to be honest, that's what happens in a lot of marriages, unfortunately. Some guys or girls think that they're still single for some reason, and it causes issues. But same thing with with our relationship with God. If we start acting like we did before we knew Jesus, when we do know Jesus, it causes big issues. Because at the very beginning of these verses, it says God's calling us to be what? Holy. Holy means set apart. means you're different than you used to be. So if you say you're born again, if you say you're a Christian in here, which I would say is probably the majority of you, then you shouldn't be living the same way you did before you knew Jesus. You should be living different. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Otherwise, it's confusing to everybody who looks at you and says, oh, you're a Christian? You don't act like it at all. And it causes people to not want to come to church. It causes people to not even want to know who God is because they don't really believe he's real because the way you're living is like he's not. So since you know the truth, you live different. Next thing is because you're now in a relationship with God, right? You're in his family. He's your daddy. You're his kid. You're his daughter. You're his son. Now that you know God... You're no longer all about yourself anymore. Because most of the stuff, the sin stuff that gets us in trouble, is stuff that's all about us. It's stuff that's really selfish stuff. But once we're born again, we know who God is now. We're not concerned about us anymore. Because we know God loves us. We know God has saved us. There's nothing to worry about anymore. Now all we should be worried about is loving other people and helping them know who God is. And helping them know that there's nothing to worry about. God loves you. He saved you. You just got to accept that. And so we move from a life that's focused on us to a life that's focused on God. A life that's focused on eternity. A life that's focused on the things that matter. So instead of stepping backwards and and living for ourselves like we used to do, we're walking forward toward Jesus, toward God, and away from all that garbage that used to trip us up all the time. Now, this is a really cool verse. And I, I love it because it reminds us of this stuff. That this, this body and, and this time here is not about us. And it's, um, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Remember the Holy Spirit comes inside of you when you accept Christ and you're born again? Because of that, you're a temple. Like you're the place where the Holy Spirit lives. Who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. What was that price? Jesus. A thousand dollars. Are you mad? 
Jesus was the price. God had to give his son up for you. That was how much he loved you and how much it cost for you to be born again. Jesus' perfect son. Therefore, here's the, here's the final statement. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So because it was so expensive for you to be able to be saved and know Jesus or know God, that it cost Jesus, you're not your own. You were bought with Jesus. He's allowed you to live now, which is awesome, amazing. So honor God. Don't live for yourself anymore. Don't live for the junk that doesn't last. Don't live for the junk that hurts people and hurts yourself. Live for him. Honor him. He loved you enough to die for you. And when we do anything other than live for him, we're not honoring him. So, this life, this body, and this time on earth, everything that we've known thus far, all that, is short. It doesn't last very long. The Bible says it's like a vapor. You know when you, like, it's really cold outside and you go, and you see the little puff of, uh, of steam? Yeah. The Bible says that's kind of like our life. It doesn't last very long. You see it for just a second, and then it's gone. I know it doesn't seem like that right now, because I didn't think of it that way when I was in middle school. I really don't think of it that way even now. But the Bible says it's not very long compared to eternity. You look at like 80, 90 years. That's not very long compared to eternity. So this life is just like a little vapor. It's just a quick little burst. And so since we only have a short amount of time... We have that small of a chance to honor God with this time. We have that small of a chance to realize, dude, he loves us. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to realize that Jesus died for us. And we can actually know what it really looks like to be a real person if we would just come to know him. What it really looks like to not just live for yourself to not just care about your popularity, to not just care about looking out for number one and hurting whoever you have to hurt to get there, we actually get to experience real life. But it's only the short time we have on earth with this body that doesn't last forever. And so we have this time to honor God. We have this body to honor God. Are you doing that? So here's the deal. If you're in here and you've been born again, you would say, yes, I'm a Christian. I know who Jesus is. I accepted him. Maybe I accepted him here at Revolution. It was at a summer camp one time. It was at Bible study one day. It was in my house with my mom and dad, my grandma, my aunt, my uncle, whatever. You've accepted Jesus at some point. You've been born again. It's time to start living for your heavenly father here. You're living for here. This one right here. This is what you're living for. You're done with this. This, done with it. This is just, I'm just kind of wandering this place. I'm, I'm not a permanent resident. I'm here to, to live my life for God. But I'm not living for here permanently. This is not the stuff I'm living for. The stuff that really makes me happy here. Or that I think makes me happy here for a second. I'm living for here. And if you're a Christian in here, then that's what God's calling you to. You're a foreigner here because you live here. And so the last thing is this. 
God's calling you to be holy, set apart, live differently, not like you did before you knew Jesus, like you do know Jesus, you're living like that. Set apart like someone who's been saved. You realize you've been saved from death. You realize God loves you. You realize that Jesus died for you. Live like that. Don't live like a person who just comes to church every once in a while. Don't live like a person who says, I'm a Christian, but then I do whatever I want the rest of the week. That kind of person does not help anybody. That kind of person confuses people. And there might be some people like that who think they know God when they really don't. So here's the deal. God's calling all of us. He's calling whether you're a leader or you're a student in here. If you're in here and you're just playing church and you're just playing like you're a Christian, he's saying quit that. Give that up. Playing a Christian is not being a Christian. It's not following Jesus. To follow Jesus, you actually have to follow Jesus. Live like he lived. Honor God with the way you live. Love people. Don't be all about you. And realize the only way to know God is through Jesus. Jesus.